Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. This is there. Spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit. Say It is radio show coming to you live this June thirteenth, twenty twenty one. Boy, I haven't uploaded any of the um, broadcasts lately. I need to do that. 
You can listen to these over again on Holy Ghost Radio Channel 2 under podcasts or anywhere you listen to podcasts. You can actually find them, which is interesting to me, but I, I think that's thanks to Brother Duran. We've got, let's see, people texting me tonight. Let's see, who is the winner of the first text? Looks like Brother Griffith texted me first. He uh, from Great Falls, Montana. He's listening. We've got Yvonne and Marin listening. They were second. Um, let's see, we've got Brother Jones. He always texts me, tell it. Tell it like it is. We've got Jody listening to Harvey, and she's got Shalista, Ember, and Fletcher with her. All right. You guys are all hanging out together. Those are friends of ours. We've got um, Stacy listening tonight. Let's see who else. Henry and Harrison are tuned in. I heard about your dog. Boy, that's sad. Yeah, my wife told me about your dog. These little Harrison and Henry are some pretty cute little guys that go to our church. I, hey, if you're just tuning in for the very first time, I'm just gabbing here. This is Pastor Bob, the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota, 501 Elks Drive. Uh, we had a great service today. A lot of lot of people there. I don't know, is Sister Morgan listening? How many people did we have there today? A lot of new visitors and a lot of people that I hadn't seen for a while. Um, just people that haven't been there for a while. Just a really full house, really good to see that. Um, Brother Johnson's listening tonight. Always sends me such encouraging stuff. Anyway, the um, uh, our church is, is a Pentecostal church, Acts 2.38. Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. You shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's That uh, verse, along with that teaching, is, is one of the reasons we moved to Dickinson about 32 years ago. And um, we've been in a series of buildings since then, and now we have purchased the top floor and the much of the bottom floor of the Elks building. So we're excited about that. And tomorrow night we've got a silent or an auction and a spaghetti dinner. It's a benefit dinner for a sick little boy in our church named Finley. So if you're listening to me tonight in Dickinson, we've got a spaghetti dinner, uh, $10. I think the children are like $5. And, of course, you're not coming there to get a good deal on a meal. You're coming there to donate so this family can have some money to help offset their medical expenses, and there's going to be a silent auction and a, uh, a non-silent auction. Oh, There's all kinds of cool stuff that businesses have donated. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And, um, I mean, even some equipment. We've had some donate a ground warmer. That looks like one of those deals that warms the ground for cement guys so they can pour concrete in the wintertime. It's on a big trailer. It's sitting right in front of our church. So come tomorrow tonight, 5 to 7. It's a benefit for a little boy named Finley. Let's see what else do I got to do to get started here. Um, you, you, um, we also have some some nearby daughter work churches and nearby churches. We've got a church in Beulah. We've got a church in Bowman. A church in Beach. You've got it for us to have anything to do with your church. It's got to start with a B, the name of your town. Except Dickinson, that's the one exception. I didn't bring my guitar into the studio tonight. I just uh, kind of stuffed up a little bit, so I didn't feel like singing, but I'm gonna, I've got some music lined up here. This program will not be for the faint of heart again, so um, if you're the faint of heart, you might want to tune out because it uh, might be a little hard on you tonight, but 
it's not going to be done without love. It's it's not that. But I want to talk about the concept of excuses. I want to start tonight in Acts chapter 10, verses 34 through 35. If you're going to text me tonight, uh, Brother Blackshear, go ahead and try it again. I'll be nice to you tonight. I wasn't. Brother Blackshear has been teasing me all week. We've got an evangelist with us. Gary Blackshear, if you're looking for a good evangelist, he is a good evangelist. But he's been, even saying all that, he's been teasing me all week because I was mean to him on the radio show last week. But anyway, I'll try to be nice. If you text me scriptures tonight, I'll try to give you credit, Brother Blackshear. I want to start Acts chapter 10, verses 34 and 35. Peter opened his mouth and said, Of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation... He that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. These two verses are possibly amongst my favorite verses in the whole Bible. Uh, there's some go-to verses that I use for counseling, for preaching. Uh, there's some there's some real truth in these verses. You know, the truth in these verses that God doesn't play favorites with anybody. When it, as far as people getting to go to heaven, everybody is is. Um, as far as God's concerned, <coughs> is able to go to heaven. He's not willing that any should perish. And I love these verses because it talks about that we need to fear God, we need to work righteousness, and if we do, we'll be accepted with God. A lot of the religious people talking about accepting Jesus as your personal Savior, I need. I think we need to focus on what we need to do to make sure our life is acceptable to Him because that's more important. I'm not, I think I know what people mean by accepting Jesus as your personal Savior. I'm not here to just bash things tonight. Uh, in other words, Jesus died for us personally. I, I understand this. But this idea that we can just say a little sinner's prayer without a life change and think that our life is acceptable to God just because of the words of our mouth, the words of our mouth may be a good start, but that's not everything we need. And so from this verse in Acts chapter 10, and especially verse 34 tonight, <coughs> I'm going to try to get to 35 also. It, it says that God is not a respecter of persons. God is not prejudice. God doesn't play favorites. And because of this, I want to, I want to springboard from this scripture and talk about people's excuses. Because for some reason, people think they're an exception. In fact, I think a lot of people think that they're somehow an exceptional person that is facing issues that other people have never faced and people do not understand them and and so on. And I I um and I I'm going to really kind of get into this tonight. I I want to just kind of wade into it. But my pastor, Pastor David Walters, he's passed away now. But he used to say that most excuses are just lies. I think he said they were lies in disguise of excuses. And I have to say I agree with that. I, I, I do. Uh, you know, I, I believe that many times, if not the great majority of times, that excuses of why we can't do something is really more that we won't do it, but we try to make it sound like we can't do it. And it becomes a lie, and the sad thing about this type of lie is that people believe it themselves. And other people back up people 
in their excuses. They um, many times our friends don't have courage to stand up to us in our excuses. And because of this, we believe them even more. When you start to believe your own excuses, you become a victim. And, of course, this victim mentality will destroy you. Excuses cause failure. And I'm going to say this, and it's nothing that is new. I've said it on the air before. But I've got a question for you. Do you want to hang on to your excuses, or do you want to get better? Do you want to hang on to your excuses, or do you want to get better? Excuses of why you can't quit drinking, or why you can't quit using drugs. Um, you know, well, Pastor Bob, I was abused as a child, and that's why I'm a drinker. Or Pastor, Pastor Bob, I, I got hooked when I got hurt. I had a work accident. Now I'm hooked on painkillers, and I can't quit. You see, what I'm, what I'm going to say tonight is very harsh, but God is not a respecter of persons. If one person that's hooked on prescription painkillers can cry out to God and quit, he's not going to say, no, I, I guess I ran out. He was the last one I'm going to help. If you can't quit and you cry out to Jesus and you still say you can't quit, then I'm going to say you don't want to quit. And we've got to be honest. Uh, And I'm going to keep coming back to this over and over and over again because excuses are the opposite of being honest. Excuses of why you can't keep a job. Many years ago, I met, met a man that went through something like 15 jobs in two years. And I, I really, I, I think I'm not exaggerating. I think I'm actually shooting low on it. And he had all kinds of excuses. He was allergic to somebody's perfume. He was, I mean, just, um, I think he was more allergic to work is what it was. But th- these excuses of why we can't get along with people on a job. You know, every job has its burden. Every job has its a tough side. <clears throat> I've been in the construction business for years, and, um, you know, there's a lot of enjoyable things about construction work. You know, we've got a home remodeling business called Simon's Homes, and, I mean, you get to work outside, and many days it's beautiful, and many days the birds are chirping, you're getting sunshine, Um you know, there's it's it's a an enjoyable work, and the pay is extremely good. If anybody here is wondering what to do for a living, any young person, I I would suggest the trades. The trades are some of the highest paying. You've got to find the right trade. You've got to find the right niche. But the trades have um, been just a blessing to me over my life. There are many people I know that make you know with with no what formal education they would say make way more money than somebody with a formal education. And I'm not being defensive about that. But I've had so many people tell me things why they can't work the trades. Well, you know, the weather was too bad. You know, I 
I won't be able to do this when I'm old, Pastor Bob. Uh, you know, my back hurts, my whatever hurts, everything hurts. <clears throat> and here again, do you want to hold on to your excuses or do you want to be successful? There are the excuses of so-called disabilities. Now, do I believe in disabilities? I suppose. Yeah, I suppose maybe all of us have some areas of disability, some to greater degrees than others. But do you know what makes uh, a good novel? Like if you're a, a person that likes to read a good fictional novel, maybe. What I, I, you know, I don't do the movie thing. I, I'm not a Hollywood guy. I don't. I don't like the trash that they put out, so I don't know a lot about it. But I used to be when I was a kid. I used to watch when I was a teenager. I used to watch movies before I became a Pentecostal. And what always the hero of the movies, he was the guy that overcame a disability. He they were a girl that overcame a disability. They had they were the underdog, and and now they're uh, you know through sheer uh, work and. And a great attitude, they've become a winner. That's that's the theme of many, many stories. It is. You see, so you have a disability. I I really and, and here I'm gonna wade into this again, but I and I know you know it's a free country, you don't have to listen to this. I mean, so you, I may lose some listeners when I say this. But all these childhood diagnoses that they're giving kids, um you know, I just don't believe in that. Everybody's different. Everybody's got problems. Everybody has areas of shortcoming. <clears throat> so what does a good parent do? <clears throat> you help your children work through those things. Self-discipline and hard work can overcome many, many things. There's a book that that uh, is sitting on my church desk, and it says, uh, I think the name of the book is Life Without or Limitless. And this guy has no limbs. He was born with no arms, no legs. And he's went on to be successful. He can swim in the ocean. He's married. He's got a family. He's a famous author and motivational speaker. No arms and no legs. I mean, none, zero. Got little, little stubs. I mean, he just, you know, he's he had a terrible birth defect. Would you call him disabled? Well, I don't know if he'd call himself disabled or not. He might, he might um, be offended if you said that. Do you want to hang on to your excuses, or do you want to get better? That's my question tonight. Got a lot of texts I want to read. You can text me, 701-290-7862. If you're listening from outside of the country, email me, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Every day, and the devil he'll supply them if 
song that's been out for a while that kind of brings me to my next part of the broadcast got some people texting me tonight uh, brother blackshear said if god would not accept moses's excuses why would we think god would accept ours uh, brother belgard's listening from wisconsin what are you doing in wisconsin brother belgard got tim listening in north carolina olivia and michaela listening up in park river north dakota and we've kidnapped your brother He's on a ranch down here in Medora somewhere. James Oskaloosa, Iowa. This um, listening tonight, we've got, um, see, I mentioned Henry and Harrison. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862. Talking about excuses. We're talking about being honest. You know, uh, it's interesting. That song did bring up a kind of a neat thing, and I want to just kind of stay there for a while. Interesting, all the excuses I've heard of why people can't come to church consistently. <clears throat> you know, we don't know what's going on inside of a person's heart, and I've done radio broadcasts on this. 
you know, only God can can read the heart of a person. So all humans can do is see what's going on the on the outside. And if you can't even come simply come to church and and fellowship together with other believers, your brothers and sisters, and if you come up with excuses of why you can't come, I think you should be scared of that. The Bible says the heart is deceitful above all things. And here again, if you start believing your own excuses, if you start believing your own lies, is there a remedy for this? The first step to being saved, probably outside of faith, is just to be honest. If you're not going to be honest, now being honest isn't all there is to it. You can be an honest loser. I mean, you can you can see that you're a loser. You can admit that you're a loser and still be a loser. So being honest is not everything, but you'll never get anywhere without honesty. So all these excuses over the years I've heard of people not coming to church, why they don't come to church. There's probably people listening to me today that didn't come to church this morning in Dickinson. And you had your excuses. You 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 didn't feel well. You whatever. You you know I could I could name amazing excuses that I've heard over the years. People that aren't faithful to church, people that can't come to a midweek service on a Wednesday night with all their excuses. Got to put the kids to bed early, Pastor Bob. You know, got school in the morning. Well, I don't want to be out so late. We can't. We can't come on the midweek. Kids have to be in bed by eight o'clock. Well, here again, <coughs> God is not a respecter of persons. You're not the only person out there that has kids. You're not the only person out there that has kids that go to school. So what do these other parents do that come to church and maybe get home on a Wednesday night at 9.30 with their little ones? Are they bad parents? You see, I'm addressing you. I'm addressing your excuses. People tell me, I'm too busy to come to church, Pastor Bob. You know, I work all the time, and and I and I, when I come home, I'm just tired and I can't come. Well, I work a lot, but I go to everything, and I'm 62. Now, I'm I'm not trying to make this sound personal, but if I'm 62, I don't have as much energy as I had when I was 42, and I my wife and I don't have little kids to get ready for church unless we have a bunch of grandkids over. So I mean I realize there's there's um you know there's some organizational skills that it takes to get to church on time. I get that. I mean, you know, you got to get their clothes on, you got to get their hair fixed and about the time you get one of them fixed, he's already messed up <clears throat> and you're working on the other one. I mean, I I know there's frustrations there. That's fine. But how do other people do it? How are they able to do it? You know, this, this is, these are excuses. And the first step to being honest with, being, coming to God is being honest with Him. I was just talking to somebody here recently that had been missing church. And this person told me, well, I work a lot and when I come home, I'm tired. And I told him, I said, I bet I work more than you do. You know, I said, what you should say is I don't, want to come to church. <laughs> that sounds harsh, doesn't it? But see, that's where you're going to get somewhere. 
when you can battle the problem head on. You know, it's it's kind of like uh, smoking. Don't tell me you can't quit. Tell me you don't want to quit. Because that's what's honest. Because if you can't quit, why would God do that to you? Like, if you want to quit smoking, it, it's bad for your health. I think God's against it. I think he's against tobacco. It's it's a addictive substance that he's against. It. That's That's what I believe. If you come to our church, you might hear me preach about it. But all of us in our society know that it's bad for you. Like, everybody knows that. Whether it's smokeless nicotine or, or um, you know, a pipe, a cigar, or a cigarette. I mean, whatever other ways you can take tobacco inside of you. You know, so, and you tell me, well, I just can't quit. I've been smoking for 40 years and I just can't quit. So, what does that mean? <clears throat> I mean, what am I supposed to think? When I've met so many people that had all all kinds, of, were very addicted to tobacco, came to God. I mean, one of my friends one day, he, he walked up to an altar in a Pentecostal church in Bismarck many years ago. While he was praying, the pastor, Pastor Walters, was praying with him. My friend reached into his pocket, got a pack of cigarettes, handed them to Pastor Walters, and said, I won't be needing these anymore. Pastor Walters stuck them into his suit coat pocket. And that man never smoked again. Pastor Walter said he was embarrassed later when he was wearing that suit and reached into his pocket and found a pack of cigarettes there. But there, you see, until you get honest, you know, like like if you don't come to church because the weather's bad, but you go to Walmart because the weather's bad, does that sound dishonest to you? What are your excuses for missing church? And here again, do you want to hang on to your excuses or do you want to get better? Let me say this. Do you want to hang on to your excuses or do you want to go to heaven? Until we are honest, until we put aside some of these excuses... My pastor was right. Most excuses, the vast majority of excuses are lies. That's what they are. They're lies. You know, it's it's kind of like I've got a friend. He was in church today. Um, he doesn't like people that are late. He doesn't like being late. This particular friend of mine, if we meet for lunch and I'm going to be late, he's really offended if I don't call him. Because he feels like his time is valuable. And so if I say we're going to meet at 1145 at the college for lunch, and I'm not there, he gets really offended. But think about it. If I told him I was going to be there at 1145 and I'm not going to be there, does that sound dishonest? Now, things can happen, and I could certainly call him or text him, say I'm running 10 minutes late. He's okay with that. But you see, to show up 10 minutes late and then offer these excuses. And here again, folks, I, it sounds like I'm venting or something maybe tonight, but what I'm telling you is we are all very similar. 
Most of us are not facing problems that other people don't face. And so to single yourself out and think that you're some kind of special case that has a valid excuse for doing something that's not right or a valid excuse for not doing something that is right, that's bad thinking. It's dishonest. You know, this this uh, idea, well, I, <clears throat> I quit coming to church because the people are unfriendly. Or the pastor was unfriendly. But how do the other people at church feel? Are you the only one that thinks that way? Because maybe it's you. Maybe if you backslide, you'll be better off saying, I backslid because I didn't want to serve God. Now that sounds horrible. But that's more true. I backslid because I would rather I would rather enjoy sinning. I backslid because I wanted to move in with my girlfriend instead of marry her. See, I can deal with that. I mean, it's harsh. But these excuses of why we can't serve God. The Bible said God, in Acts 10.34, God is not a respecter of persons. In other words, he doesn't give people the ability to serve him and other people not the ability to serve him. You know, <clears throat> this is simple stuff, but and I know that, like I say, sometimes I turn people off when I talk about disabilities, but I mean, you you can cater to other people's excuses if you want to, but I'd rather be the person to help them figure out how to succeed. You know, um, there there are all of us have different handicaps. I'm sure. You know, the, the, I'm not saying that attention deficit disorder is not real. I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is to cater to it and to treat people like they'll never... I mean, I know people that are on disability, permanent disability, because they were diagnosed as ADD or ADHD as kids. But I also know people that are extremely successful that have that same problem. One person uses it as, as an excuse to fail. The other person figures a way around it. You know, um, I don't know if you've ever read anything by Dr. Ben Carson. He was one of the most accomplished brain surgeons recent, recently, um, I think 80s, 90s, even up into the maybe the part of the 2000s. He was a very accomplished brain surgeon. But if you read any of his stuff, you'll find out his mom, she made her sons. She He was raised by a single mom. His mom, I mean, they had to read books. They had to, I mean, you know, this has, you know, you can have excuses or you can get to work. Excuses of why it can't happen, why it's not going to work for you. You don't understand, Pastor Bob. See, you say that because I won't cater to your excuses. Well, you, you just don't understand, Pastor Bob. You've had everything handed to you on a silver platter. Have I? Do you know me? Are you making assumptions about me? This 
This is not about who's had the harder life or the harder upbringing or anything like that. This isn't a contest who's got the most setbacks in life, but we all do. We, we all have things we could, I could tell you my dad was an alcoholic and that's why I'm on skid row. And my dad was an alcoholic. He quit when he was 40. <coughs> See, or I could tell you my dad was an alcoholic and I decided I don't ever want to be like that. <laughs> it's up to you. See, God has put within the human experience this thing called free will, decision. But what's going on in our society is we're creating a bunch of victims. And we got all kinds of people on disability and, and all kinds of things that are able to work. I, I don't want to get off on that. You know, there is a power. You know, I should play a song and just get, get my mind switched around. I, I need to read some texts anyway. Let's see. Uh, this song is, let's see how we can do this. I gotta, I gotta do something here. And while you're on live radio, it's pretty hard. The, um, let's see if I can do that. Uh, we're taking just a little, now where am I? Let's try this. Pastor Bob, the tell like it is reading. You went ahead and did it, it's your own fault. Can't blame no one but yourself, cause it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, no matter how you want it, you can't blame nobody else, cause it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, it's your own fault. Can't blame no one but yourself, it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, no matter how you want it, you can't blame nobody else. Now everyone's an expert. At passing the buck, we blame in society, parents in luck, we're pointing our fingers, blaming our tools. Somebody else is gonna look like a fool, but it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, it's your own fault. Can't blame no one but yourself, it's your own fault. You went ahead and did it, no matter how you want it, you can't blame nobody else. The devil made me do it. I heard somebody said, or maybe it was God himself instead, or even John Calvin's turning over in his grave, hearing all our excuses for the way we behave, cause it's your own fault, you went ahead and did it, it's your own fault, you blame no one but yourself, it's your own fault, you went ahead and did it, no matter how you want it, you can't blame nobody else. While the heavens turn to brass Well, ain't no point in looking for that snake in the grass Don't yell at your wife And don't kick the cat Just tell God the truth You know he'll listen to that Say it's my own fault I went ahead and did it It's my own fault Can't blame no one but myself It's my own fault I went ahead and did it No matter how I want it I can't blame nobody else Cause it's your own fault Everybody. 
Pastor Bob, the Tell It Like It Is radio show, that's an old Don Francisco song. People are texting me, who is that? Uh, Don Francisco. He put out some good stuff way back when. Um, Brother Johnson was texting me some scriptures in Luke about how at the uh, wedding, when they were invited to the wedding feast, they began to make excuses. I've bought five yoke of oxen. i got to go try them out. The other guy said, I married a wife. I can't come. They got they got their excuses. Bought some land. I got to go look at it. These excuses didn't fly with the Lord, did they? <clears throat> None of our excuses fly with the Lord because He'll give us power to overcome. You see, I'm not saying that you don't have a disability. I'm what I'm telling you is that God is not a God that plays favorites. <clears throat> He's not going to not help one person and help somebody else. You call out to God, he's all ears. But if you call out to God with your excuses, it's not going to go very far. You know, there is power in admitting that you're wrong. There's power in being honest. There's power in saying, I was stupid. In Genesis 3, 6 through 13, we read the very first drama between man and God. Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit. God called them on it. And they started with their excuses. They tried to hide themselves behind clothes, behind <coughs> in the garden. And they, and, and they started with their excuses. Adam, what's going on? It's the woman you gave me. Eve, what's going on? The serpent tricked me. For years I have been preaching this. I mean, for years. I hope everybody in our church thinks they thought of it. Maybe they did. Maybe they thought of it and I'm preaching it. I don't know. But there's something obviously wrong with this story in Genesis chapter 3. There's something way wrong. God calls them on their sin and nobody says they're sorry. Nobody, you know, God was looking for a good apology. Like Adam could say, God, I'm sorry, it was my fault, I ate of this tree. Eve could have said, God, I should have never listened to that serpent, I'm sorry. But instead, they started making excuses, and man has been making excuses ever since for their sin. It's nobody's fault anymore if you're a sinner. I shouldn't say that because we're having a revival. But if you want the first step to God is being honest, the first step to repentance is being honest. I did it. I was wrong. I'm sorry. And no buts. You need to get the buts out of your sorry. Well, I'm sorry, but. You know, it's kind of like like if you screamed at your wife and you say, well, I'm sorry, but you made me mad. Well, what kind of sorry is that? I mean, are you sorry for screaming or not? Or are you just saying you're sorry? I don't have a lot of time here, but there's all kinds of people in the Bible that said they were sorry. They weren't sorry. Pharaoh, Exodus 9, he told he told Moses, I've sinned this time. You know, entreat the Lord. It's enough. Uh, stop this thundering and hail. I'll let you go. He, he did the same thing in Exodus 10. 
<coughs> I'm sorry. You know, I, I, I did wrong. He wasn't sorry. He was insincere. He was just in trouble, and he said he was sorry. He wasn't sorry. You look at Achan in Joshua 7. Some of you don't know any of these stories, but Achan disobeyed God and took some things he wasn't supposed to take. And he said he was sorry in Joshua 7.20. He said, I have sinned against the Lord God of Israel. This and thus have I done. But was Achan sorry, or was he sorry he got caught? (coughs) King Saul, when he was called out by Samuel about what he was doing wrong, he said in 1 Samuel 15.24, Saul said unto Samuel, I've sinned, for I've transgressed the commandment of the Lord. And thy words, because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. So Saul's got excuses. Look at, like, let's skip down to verse 30 of 1 Samuel 15. Then he said, I've sinned. Yet honor me now, I pray thee, before the elders of my people and before Israel, and turn again with me, that I may worship the Lord thy God. Like Saul said he was sorry, but he wasn't really sorry. He just wanted some relief. Saul wasn't stupid. He was just stubborn. Now you look at people in the Bible that truly were sorry, like King David. 2 Samuel twelve thirteen, David committed a terrible sin, more terrible than anything Saul ever did, <coughs> or at least it seems to me. And, <coughs> oh boy, no wonder I didn't bring my guitar. David said unto Nathan, after this terrible sin, I mean, he he committed adultery and murder. I don't know if it gets any worse than that. And David said unto Nathan, I've sinned against the Lord. And Nathan said unto David, The Lord has also put away thy sin. Thou shalt not die. You know, this. the thing about coming to God is you've got to be, you've got to be sorry and you got to get all the excuses out of your life. You know, like, yeah, I, I'm sorry, but you you just don't understand, God, how I'm put together. No, he understands. He's there to help you. As I said earlier, I think we've all been born with different setbacks and um, handicaps and, and um, you know, weaknesses maybe. I think I think there's something to that. Some of it came from the way you were raised. But, like, what good is it doing you? Let me just say it again. Do you want to hold on to your excuses, or do you want to get better? I mean, answer the question. It's either one or the other. Because if you hold on to your excuses, you're not going to get better. If you hold on to your excuses, you're going to end up on medication someday. You know, and, and here I'm I'm not a medical doctor. I'm not. But I'm telling you that there are people that will get on psychotic or antipsychotic medications just for any reason at all, just for anything. They had a death of a loved one. They'll go get a prescription for antidepressants. Well, let me tell you, if your loved one dies, you probably will be depressed. Everybody will. So how do you get through that? Well, you can take a drug. 
I don't think it makes you better. I really don't think it does. And here again, you know, I'm going to lose. Some people will lose respect for me. Some people might respect me more. I don't know. But do you want to get better? Yes or no? Because if you answer yes, we're going to have to start doing something with these excuses you've got of why you can't serve God, why you can't commit your life to God, why you can't consistently live for God. I mean, you know, there are people that come to church once every two months and make a big show, but their lives are are not, they have no victory in their life. And here again, all these excuses. But this great cloud of witnesses that Hebrews said we're going to be surrounded by someday, or we are surrounded by right now, in this cloud of witnesses, there's people that have went through what you're going through, and they made it. You know, there have been, I mean, the United States right now, we're going through, even though some of us, I suppose, think this is the worst that it's ever been, it's not the worst that it's ever been right now. It's not. I mean, it is not. Get it out of your head if you think this is the worst it's ever been. It's not. What if you were raised on a plantation in 1830 in the southern southern United States, and you were a slave? And when you had a little baby boy, they took that baby boy when he was 12 and sold him, and you never saw him again. Now, those are bad times, aren't they? But do you know that there were people that served God during those times? All they had was faith, some of those slaves. That's all they had. I hate I hate slavery. I hate, I hate the thought of it. I mean, as an American, I just can't figure out how the U.S. ever bought into it. I just don't get it. I mean, you would have thought the Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights... You would have thought that would have settled it. I don't know. What, I really don't know what the Americans were thinking back in the early 1800s after we became free from England. We should have, there should have been no slavery at all. You know, the Bill of Rights should have fixed that. But, but what I'm telling you is you think, like right now, right now, there are Christians in China that are being forced into re-education camps because because they don't believe what the Chinese government believes. Now, those are some dark times. Those are some bad times. Your little excuse that you have of why you can't serve God probably won't hold much weight when you've got a God hearing their prayers and your prayers at the same time. You can't make it to church because you, you, you've got a hangnail, and these people can't make it to church because they're in prison. I know I'm I'm sounding, I'm listening to myself, I'm sounding like I'm being harsh here, but I've got to be harsh because I've got to wake somebody up. I came into the studio tonight because I, I really feel there's somebody or several somebodies listening to me that are full of excuses and you believe them. And maybe you're angry right now and I've got to do something to wake you up. The name of this program is called the Tell It Like It Is program. And your excuses of why you can't, live for God successfully. Don't make any sense to God, the God of all power who will help you be successful. Don't let stubbornness harden your heart. <clears throat> Don't let this dishonesty harden your heart. 
The first step to repentance is being honest. 2 Corinthians 7, 9-11 says, Now I rejoice, not that you were made sorry, but that you sorrowed to repentance, for you were made sorry after a godly manner, that you might receive damage by us in nothing. For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of this world worketh death. For behold, the self-same thing, that you sorrowed after a godly sort. In other words, you were honest, you were sorry to God, no excuses. Here's what happened to you. What carefulness it wrought in you. What clearing of yourselves. Yea, what indignation. Yea, what fear. Yea, what vehement desire. Yea, what zeal. Yea, what revenge. Tonight's topic is so simple. If you want to become a son or daughter of God, he's willing to adopt you. But you've got to get rid of the excuses. See, I'm just getting to Acts 10. I'm, that my, if you're tuning in late, I'm talking about Acts 10.34, where, where Peter said, God treats everybody the same. And so your excuse of why you can't serve God doesn't make any sense to God, and it doesn't make any sense to a lot of us, but many times we're too afraid to tell you to your face, including me. I mean, yeah, yeah, including me. You know, it's that's why I love preaching, because preaching, I can preach it, and you have to take it or leave it, but I don't have to make it personal. You make it personal. But I am tired of people telling me why they can't. Why they can't come to church faithfully. Why they can't be a giver. Why they can't, um, you know, be a, a successful living for God. <clears throat> I'm tired of it. Because God will treat all of us fairly. But notice Acts 10.35. This is like part two and we've got like five minutes. But it says, but in every nation, he that feareth him, feareth God, and worketh righteousness, is accepted with him. I had a lady one time, got so mad at me one time, that I talked about the fear of God in church. She was so upset that, it's a longer story than this, but but she ended up in my wife, my wife and I's living room that afternoon, that Sunday afternoon, and she was just very upset that as a, in the New Testament, that I would talk, as a New Testament believer, that I would mention the fear of God. You better read your Bible again, because the fear of God's all over the New Testament, and this is just one of the places. It says, In every nation he that feareth him, feareth God, and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. If you want to be a son or daughter of God, he is willing to adopt you. If you don't want to be a son or a daughter of God, he won't adopt you. You know, this this is up to you. But what's stopping some of you is these excuses. Oh, somebody's trying to call me. That doesn't work. The um, That's what's stopping it. You know, this... this um, <coughs> you know, this, this concept that I really wanted to go to heaven, but I wasn't able to. I really want to serve God, but I can't. And you don't understand. You're right, I don't understand. 
Because God is not willing that any should perish. He wants to adopt you. It's you that's the problem, and it's your excuses that make you think that you can't do it. Not only do we need to be honest with God, but we must follow through with the direction that God gives us. Otherwise, we're just honest losers. See, I've met people that are honest that still aren't successful. I've met people that can honestly say it's my fault, <coughs> but they still aren't there yet. I, in fact, I think they're proud they're honest sometimes. But you have to both be honest and you have to be willing to get to work. You have to be willing uh, to to do righteousness. First Peter one fourteen. let me just read this out of the New Living Translation. So you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. You didn't know any better then. But now you must be holy in everything you do. Just as God who chose you is holy, for the Scripture says you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the Heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites, He will judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time as foreigners in the land. Oh, I love that. Remember that your heavenly Father to whom you pray has no favorites. He will judge or reward you according to your disabilities? No. According to what you do. Has this been too hard? I'm getting some texts here. I, I don't really have time to read them, but, um, you know, I'm tired of excuses. I really, I don't want to make them for my own life. I don't want to, I, I, you know what? If I do something wrong, I just want to tell them, say to God, I'm sorry. Help me. You know, I'm sorry, God, I'll do better. But I don't want this, I'm sorry, but. Well, I'm out of time. Pastor Bob pastors the New Life Pentecostal Church, 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. This Wednesday night, we still have Brother Gary Blackshear preaching. It'll be his last service here in Dickinson for a little while. And um, he's been a blessing to our church. He's preaching Tuesday night in Beach. If Brother, anybody from Bowman's listening, we haven't decided on Thursday night yet. Brother Blackshear and Brother Springer will figure it out. But on Tuesday nights in Beach at 7.30 at the Beach Community Center, we have church. Uh, they're building a new building. Any of you people that want to go help them, they're building, they're remodeling a building. Um, they've been working on it mostly on Saturdays. They really do need help. And so um, um, anybody that wants to do that, certainly I know I can get you in contact with the people that, you know, we're looking for skilled people. But... We also have a church in Bowman that meets on Thursday nights at 7.30. It's right on Main Street in Bowman, also Sunday mornings at 10.30. And Dickinson, Wednesday night at 7.30, Sunday morning, Sunday school at 10. And there's also an adult adult Bible classes during that Sunday school. And then our worship service is at 11. This partic- this coming Sunday, Pastor Bob is preaching. So um, We've got a um, park evangelistic service this weekend with Brother Robinette down in Bismarck. So um just want you to all be aware of that. 
Thank you so much for listening. Pa- Pastor Bob is going to sign off. I'm going to play a Bill Farron song that is very going to fit very well with what, what I talked about tonight. Lord Jesus, pray for those that are listening. God, help us to get rid of our excuses. Lord, help us to bury them so that we can move on with our lives in every area, whether it's our marriages, whether it's our finances, whether it's our health, and especially spiritually, Lord, help us to get rid of all these excuses. We just pray tonight, Jesus' name. This is a Bill Farron song called Try a Little Harder. Lord willing, I'll be back next week for another Tell It Like It Is radio show, 906 or 806 Mountain Time. God bless. Days into life.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.